come to him with all your heart. Come and lay your burdens down for peace he came to give and joy shall be the crown and joy shall be Calvary and welcome to This is Calvary, the second week of Epiphany. During this season in the liturgical year, we'll be having conversations with Ray Paul, who works for the Center of Pastor Theologians as well as adult education here at Calvary. In this conversation, we talk a little bit about loneliness, about death, about thin places, and about community. You know, real light conversation. Now, this conversation is a bit of a continuation from last week, and you'll be dropped right in the middle of her response after I ask her, do you think it's harder to believe that God is making all things new right now, or the idea that he will make all things new in the future? This is what she says. Yeah, I think, oh, it's funny, I was just processing this a little bit. Uh, the last couple of days of it's easy when you if particularly if you come to know the Lord from various from some traditions it's very much you you believe in him and then you just do the right things and there's something shiny waiting at the end mm-hmm. and that's that's an easy Christianity but it's a very it's a very hopeless one to a degree because throughout that, then you just meet these moments where you so desperately want things new, or you feel like you've crossed the Rubicon of, I am, I am stained forever in some way, or I have, you know, I know God still loves me, but I've screwed up in irreparable ways. And one of the toughest, but also most rewarding things over the last few years has been trying to shift my understanding to this, this God who is actively redeeming and not simply holding out on redemption until the very end. And it's like gloriously un- impatient. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it's that's where you know this is someone asked me we were, we were studying Matthew. I used to be in in leadership in BSF in Bible study fellowship and I remember distinctly it's you know 5:30 in the morning and our leaders meeting and and we're going through Matthew and they ask like, you know, faith of a mustard seed, move a mountain. And I'm just sitting there nearly crying at that early hour in the morning going, I can believe he moves a mountain, but I have a much harder time believing that he will be with me every step of the way if he asked me to walk around it. Hmm. And it was, it was this recognition for the first time that I have a tendency to believe in God for the really big things. But the day to day, this is hard, Lord. Mm-hmm. For a lo- it, It's easy to, to think of that as just not quite reaching, reaching him. And it's, I don't think it's until moments like, like with my grandfather, or, um, Annie Murr, my, uh, we had, three of them that all passed away in the the few months time. And just that moment of 
recognizing, well, this is, I need the Lord right now. I can't just wait until this shiny thing at the end. Yeah. And not that I need. You're awake between now and then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and not that I need some giant miracle. I mean, when particularly in sort of the last week with grandpa, it was very much, it wasn't, it wasn't a, you know, we're, we're praying for this miraculous healing. It was, it was so very clear that that was it. Was it was done. Yes. Yeah. And so at that point you're just, you're praying for it to be a, as easy as possible, which is such a strange thing to say. Um, but that we also are able to make it as gentle as possible. Hmm. Um, and that, that moment in which it just sort of exposes everything that you've hoped about. And uh, there's an Eastern Orthodox theologian, uh, Alexander Schmemann, who says that what you understand about death will reveal what you believe about life. And that has just struck me so much because if I believe it to be this gentle, gentle thing, it says something about how I understand it means to live. But if I recognize death as this, it was never intended to be. It allows me to grieve it in ways that I wouldn't otherwise. Mm -hmm. And it allows me to wrestle with the Lord and meet him there and meet him in life now very very differently and I, I had to in some ways walk walk through this because it was again it was such a stark moment of saying we've structured our lives to escape all of these things over and over and over and over again and eventually you hit this slide of you death is is days away and you know you get your little booklet of hospice care of this oh, marks gosh, two yeah. weeks and this marks one week and this marks days and hours and, and you just, you can measure it Yeah, and you can watch it happening. It's plotted points. It is. And you ask yourself as that's happening, what do I believe about the Lord in this moment? Do I believe that you are only God if you show up and make this an easy death? Do I, who do I believe you are when, when this is agonizing for, for everyone? Mm -hmm. And having a moment with particularly remember a moment with a family member who was really having a hard time um and just saying you know we can do every everything possible but it's possible that this person might pass away angry and in pain and 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 that's all there's nothing we can do at that point and once it's taken out of your hands like that at that point, you figure out what you really believe about the Lord. Do you believe that God is only God if he moves the mountain? Yeah. What do you believe about God when they are angry and in pain and don't know you? Yeah. And you find out in that moment. I think for me, sorry to make it personal, <laughs> the hardest thing for me to imagine is like, it's like I can cognitively understand that someone's with me in, in a hard moment. But to some degree, you just have to live the life in front of you. And it's like hard to feel like anybody's with you. Mm -hmm. 
in like the worst, right? And so uh, what you're saying is that like there's an experiential presence that you're saying and you're, you're sharing a very real presence, but it's hard for me, I think, to compute it and to like help it fit into the loneliness that's thick. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like how does what you're saying translate to experiential comfort in thick loneliness? <laughs> that is, oh, nothing, Caroline, you always ask the best questions. I'm always <laughs> never quite sure how, how to answer in a, in a degree because I, I don't think some of that is goes such away. a good phrase, that thick loneliness goes away. I think, you know, there's the, the Irish phrase about the thin places. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Feel free to elaborate on that. I found is there's a, there's an Irish proverb about the the thin places that they describe as sort of those those places and they actually I mean they mean real literal places where you experience you know in in our case we'd say we experience the Lord in ways that you don't otherwise and I it's like heaven meets earth yes yes um and what's and again, this is a strange thing to talk about right now, but one of the, the best and hardest things for me was to be in church because it's the moment where you meet the Lord and you are literally in the body, mm-hmm. very, you, you're surrounded by the body and you get something as simple as a hug. Right. Um, at the same time that you recognize that you, you want to see the Lord face to face. And there is that gap that's there. I think the gap becomes less in certain moments when you are particularly very physically loved. By his people. By pe- yes, by yeah. his people. And whether that's being in a, a family that's able to support one another well and to know one another well and to be in that moment to grieve. Um, sometimes it is you know, the praying at the top of your lungs in your car can also be a strange moment of where you lose the self-consciousness and that moment with the Lord, I don't know, maybe that's a very particular to me example. (laughs) No, that's good. (laughs) Uh, But church is one of those, those things where it was the rhythm of week to week being in church I think I've cried more in the sanctuary here at Calvary than I have any other place outside of my car, probably. (laughs) (laughs) The car is a thin place that travels. (laughs) It is. (laughs) Oh, hazards of being from a large family. Your car is your only solitary place. Oh my gosh, oldest of seven. Here we are. (laughs) I get that. Uh, Yep. In a deep way. (laughs) It's it's a thing. And I, I don't want to shortchange those. Like I want to recognize those actually as moments where you are met by the Lord in unique ways. And for some people it's, I, you know, I have a friend where it's very much when she is on a walk and experiencing the beauty of nature. And Lewis writes about that in The Weight of Glory when he says that, you know, when you, when you experience, whether it's reading scripture or a good book and the beauty of a well-written word or perhaps being in nature, there's a longing for beauty that's beyond that. And it's a way that the Lord does 
communicate to us and love us. And I don't, I don't want to shortchange those and, and make that less at all. Um, at the same time, I want to recognize that when the Lord promises that he, you know, I will never let you go, he doesn't promise that there's not an element of of loneliness because because we are on the way. I'm trying to remember who where the line from you know our our pilgrim existence comes from. I read it just recently and just that capturing of we are we are on the way and there's a a loss of permanence. There's a sense of I just want to arrive and to be finally at home and finally known and loved. And you experience that in moments with the people of God. Yes. In stunning moments. Yes. And I have to learn to embrace those and recognize this is the goodness of the Lord face-to-face before me. At the same time that I recognize this is a picture in a mirror dimly. And there is something more real yet to come. Come to him with all your heart. Come and lay your burdens down. For peace he came to give. And joy shall be the crown. And joy shall be